How do you like it when you've got to change your plans? Hmm? Been a, a lot of that in the last couple of years, hasn't there? Folks thinking they can do this, go there, have such and such, and then um, for largely reasons to do with uh, the pandemic, that's had to be changed. But even apart from that time, there's often times when plans have to get changed. And I, I suppose it very much depends on why we have to change our plans. You know, if you're <clears throat> planning to go somewhere very nice and have this lovely barbecue and stuff and then it's chucking it down with rain, change your plans, that's not so good when the weather interferes. However, if you were turning up to do a job somewhere and they found that the job had already been done by someone, hey, that's good news. I change your plan, you can go and do, do something else for a while. Well, it seems that these two disciples that were in the reading that Anne read to us had to suddenly change their plans. They were going to Emmaus, they reached Emmaus, verse 28, and still in the company of this stranger who was with them, they had a meal, and then it turns out he was Jesus. Now, verse 29, just a bit before our reading, they had already said to the stranger, stay with us, it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. Stay with us, it's, it's, it's getting dark. No street lights, nothing like that. This is not a safe time to be traveling. It's getting towards the end of the day when it's suitable to be out there. So come and stay with us. So we go in, they have a meal together, then they recognize Jesus. So it's a wee bit later, it's even more dark, it's even more dangerous. And what happens? They got up, verse 33, and returned at once to Jerusalem. Now, if it wasn't a good idea to travel, if it wasn't safe to be travel an hour or two earlier, it certainly wasn't, wasn't good to be going at that point. But they didn't seem to think about that. They got up at once. Now, we've been looking at uh, the, some different kinds of looking in this chapter, how Jesus had looked back to the teachings of the Scriptures, and he did it again in, in um, verse 44 when he was with the disciples. There's a looking back that's appropriate to say, this is our foundation, this is our gospel, this is where we get our bearings from. And then last week we noticed how, how that message was exciting for them. Wasn't it like our hearts were burning within us, as Jesus told them? The, the gospel's good news, it should make an impact on us, it should be something that we, that we feel, as well as something that we believe. So we're talking about looking in and making, saying, does this gospel really impact us? But here we've got a looking out. Here we've got the gospel going beyond the folks who are getting it in the first place. We have the disciples immediately saying, these two disciples in the road immediately saying, let's go to Jerusalem. I know it's dark. I know we shouldn't be out at this time. I know it's dangerous, but we've got to get there and say, we've seen Jesus. This is good news. And then, of course, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. It's true, the Lord's risen. <coughs> and then Jesus says to them, you're going to be my witnesses. You are witnesses of these things, verse 48. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, the Holy Spirit. Because you're going to be preaching this gospel 
in his name to all nations, north, south, east, and west, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, what about witnesses? What does it mean to be a witness? Three things about being a witness. One, a witness points to something else, not themselves. If someone's asked to appear in court as, let's say, they're a witness of a car accident, they're not telling what they, you know, the court what they had for breakfast that morning. They're not telling them who their favourite singer is. They're not talking about themselves at all. They're talking about something else that, that needs to be spoken about. A witness is not someone who's grabbing attention for him or herself. And the content of a witness's statement is not something that should be based on the witness's own ideas or preferences or tastes or viewpoint. It's testifying what they've seen and heard. So in being called to be Jesus' witnesses, the church is not about self-survival or ourselves and our own interests. It's about sharing good news. A church doesn't witness its message to its community around it. It's not to say we're good at this, we're good at that, we're better than other groups, we've got better organizations. It points to Christ. Witnesses. Are we witnesses to something bigger, greater, more profound, more meaningful, something more wonderful? A witness points away from themselves. Secondly, a witness has got first-hand experience. Someone's not a witness if they say, well, I didn't see the car crash, but I heard about it. The disciples had walked with Jesus. He had given him them first-hand experience. He could be touched, verse 39. Look, touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones. I do. He ate, verse 43, in front of them. Jesus was risen from the dead and they were witnesses. And then Jesus promised, verse 49, that he was going to send the Holy Spirit, the presence of God here and now. So that no matter where we are, no matter when we live, right across that world, right down at least the 2,000 years till now, people would be in that personal connection, that personal fellowship with God. And so a witness is not saying, I can tell you a story of something that happened 2,000 years ago. They're also saying, we've got first-hand experience of this. This gospel is true. The Spirit is with us. The Spirit is among us. His, our lives have been touched by it. You can be a member of the Boys Brigade without ever having met William Alexander Smith. You can be a scout without ever having met Baden-Powell. You can be a communist without ever having met Karl Marx. But you cannot be a Christian without having met Jesus. It's a personal relationship. It's knowing Jesus through the presence of his spirit, through the word being made alive. A witness has first-hand experience. And so the disciples were clear. They weren't simply giving information about Jesus, but they were introducing Jesus to others. Not, I've got someone I want to tell you about, but I've got someone here I'd like you to meet. And then thirdly, a witness shares. A witness points to someone else or something else, not themselves. A witness has first-hand experience, and the witness shares that. 
For if somebody keeps quiet about what they've seen and heard, then they're not being a witness. Someone saw the car accident, they knew what happened, they saw who was involved, but they don't tell anybody, they're not being a witness. And in the same way, we cannot be witnesses to Jesus and keep his life hidden or keep quiet about him. Sharing good news is something that people do all the time. Seen a really good film, you tell somebody about it. Read a good book, you tell somebody about it. A new baby in a family, here's a picture. Right? Even just at home, sometimes we find ourselves saying one to the other, well, look at that, come and see that sky tonight. What a beautiful sunset. You want to tell somebody. Doing it all the time. It's not a case of, oh, the church is always ramming this down people's throat. I mean, that's a nonsense. If anything, the church has been cowed into too much submission in our society. Just sharing good news is what you do. So if I have received Jesus as good news for my life, surely I should be sharing that. The New Testament makes it clear that both in word and in action, we're to be people who point to Jesus. Ambassadors for Christ, Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5. So why else would Peter have spoken openly about Jesus in Jerusalem at Pentecost? Jesus had just been arrested. The same people who had, who had grabbed Jesus, they were still there. They were still in Jerusalem. They were still in power. Peter had seen what had happened to Jesus. And yet he stands up and tells the story of the gospel. Either he's a head case or he's got good news that he thinks this, this good news is not to be kept quiet. I'm a witness. Why did Paul keep going on his missionary journeys after he'd been whipped and suffered shipwreck and jailed and, and so on? Why did he keep doing that? Because it was good news. And it was such good news that they wanted to share it. So, these two travelers on the road to Emmaus that we read about in that chapter, they were taught by Jesus to look back. Look back to the foundations of the gospel. Make sure that we've got our bearings right. They weren't to look back to some idealized past, but to what God had said and what God was about. And then they looked in. They saw how their hearts were burning when they heard the good news there was a relationship that was exciting. And if faith is not to become a dull duty or just to fizzle out altogether, we have to nurture that living relationship with the living God. And then beyond looking back and looking in, they looked out. They couldn't help themselves. It's dark, but never mind. Let's get to Jerusalem. Let's tell the others. They arrested Jesus, but he had come Pentecost. Peter's going to speak. Paul's been in jail. Paul's been whipped. Paul's been goodness knows what else. But this is good news, and I'm ambassador for Christ. That's who, that's who we're called to be. People who could look back and say, God is good. God has done this for me. 
people who are gripped by that living relationship with the living God and people who want to say, this is good news. I'm a witness. A witness is not promoting themselves. They're speaking about Jesus. A witness is not just talking about what hearsay. A witness has first-hand experience. And a witness doesn't, I'll wait till I'm asked, or I'll wait till I, a witness speaks up. A witness shares. 